Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome again to On Culture. Uh, this is the latest uh, episode of the podcast for the Embassy, uh, the Embassy Substack uh, newsletter. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, dealing with uh, the latest post from uh, the Embassy. Uh, and it has to do with um, the blessing of finding our limits, which I think will be um, an interesting um different experience for different for different people. I'm joined by Chris Vance. Chris is the pastor at uh, St. Charles. And uh, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so we are going to be talking about, uh, I'm, I guess, partly our experiences in school, uh, my experiences uh, there, and uh, expectations that students have and so on. Uh, and I hearken back to my, uh, engineering, uh, school, uh, experience that, uh, it was, it, it might be apocryphal. I don't know if this ever happened always, always happened, but you know, the, the, uh, the early engineering student experience is you're sitting in a big auditorium and the professor says, look in front of you, look behind you, look to your left, look to your right. One of the five of you will be an engineer. Uh, you know, when it's all said and done. I'm not sure if that's actually true, but that was sort of the, you know, the statistic, uh, you know, quoted that, you know, not everybody who starts this journey uh, is going to make it. And that was, this was in, you know, the early 80s. And it was my, uh, my expectation, I, you know, it was everyone's expectation that, yeah, not everyone's going to be able to do this sort of thing. And that you find that out at different points of the journey. And, you know, whether you couldn't do, you know, college physics at an appropriate level, you couldn't do calculus or whatever it might be at some point, okay, if you can't get past calculus two, then, you know, you probably need to figure out what your major should be because you're probably not going to be an engineer. And that was just sort of, you know, assumed, I think the same sort of thing for doctors, uh, for accountants, I would guess there's some bar to reach. Uh, and you know, this whole discussion was triggered by, there's a, uh, New York times article about a, uh, NYU professor who, uh, basically was let go. He was semi-retired anyway, but, uh, because he taught an organic chemistry class that was seen as a weed out class and a quarter of the students petitioned the, the, uh, faculty, uh, saying the class is too hard. I can't get a good enough grade at this in this class in order it's not i'm not gonna be able to get into medical school now, this is a problem and so the the university caved and, and the guy's no longer there um so i'm sort of writing in defense of uh we weeding students out at an appropriate time and finding out earlier rather than later that hey i can't do the math at this level or i can't actually do that uh so i guess what are your thoughts on that what what have you had? Because I said the same thing about seminary, really, that uh, there there maybe isn't a, quite as an objective measure, but at some point, maybe not everybody should be a pastor, 
And mm-hmm. somebody should tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, maybe this isn't for you. So you know, kind of let me stop there and say, what are your thoughts on this whole idea of weeding out gatekeeping uh, as it relates to, well, in, 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 the, in the case of the article, it was medicine, but, you know, engineering, accounting, good work, and then sort of yeah. flowing into ministry. Yeah, so kind of two experiences. I'll share my own real briefly and then share my wife Haley's real briefly because she is in medicine as yeah. a, a physician assistant. So in my experience in undergrad, our religion program, um, there really was no weeding out. It was kind of a uh, softball of a uh, program. Mm-hmm. And so, but then looking back with hindsight, out of the 30 or 40 pro- people in the program, that was a really easy program. It wasn't necessarily a bad program. It just, it wasn't tough. Mm -hmm. Um, Only, you know, two or three of the 30 or 40 are actually in vocational ministry. So I do wonder a little bit, like, did it prepare or set a realistical standard for who was going to be in ministry? And then I think about my time at Covenant, which had healthier expectations and a little bit of weeding out. Um, And one of my professors just incredibly said, some of you will get the grade, but you will not get the job. Some of you will get the job, but you won't get the grade. And so there was this um, dynamic of, yeah, you could crush it in a classroom setting, and yet you you may not be the best fit in vocational Mm -hmm. ministry down the road. Um, And then with Haley and her PA program, out of the 40 people in her program, at least five of them had to uh, basically wait another year and go to the class that was coming in after them because there was a couple classes that were really, really tough that they couldn't get through. So it wasn't that they got booted out of the program, but they got sent to the next program to do it again, which in medicine, I think most of us would agree that's a good thing because you don't want people practicing on you who have had too easy of a go of it in understanding the biology or the chemistry. So I've had, I've seen where there was no weeding out and that led to um, a, a high percentage of people not actually being placed in that realm. And then I've also seen some better versions of weeding out where like in Haley's PA class, if you got through it, I mean, they have a hundred percent job placement within like a month of graduation. It's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. So I guess my personal bias, I guess with me and my wife's experiences would be to say, uh, yeah, some weeding out is actually really good. And there is a beautiful honesty in owning where maybe we're not a good fit, or maybe we need more time to hone our skills so that when we do find ourselves in the role we're preparing for, or maybe we need a different role. Maybe that's where our actual giftings lie. So I, I, I would lean that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, it, it's going to sound, in, to, in, to some ears, it's going to sound obvious. But I do think there is a sense in some fields that basically if we all had the same opportunity, that we could all be doctors or engineers. Now, I don't know if anybody actually believes that, but that's sort of the underlying assumption behind these students who feel aggrieved because they're not getting as good as good a grade as they need in organic chemistry in this case. Um, and I kind of feel like there's a bit of a dehumanizing assumption there that we're all the same, we're all blank slates. I think equality of opportunity is a problem 
and it's a problem that should be addressed in its own right. Yeah. But but even given the equality of opportunity, uh, some of us don't have the aptitude to be a doctor or to be whatever it might be. You know, you if you your goal is to be a physics professor, well, that's really hard, and you may not be able to do the the math and do the physics, and that's okay because most people can't. And you're going to have to find something else. And I, I do think there's a, there is a mercy in uh, the whole, kind of the whole gracious point of a weed out is, hey, you're not going to be able to make it in this. So let's find out now. Let's not get three more years farther down the road. And uh, before, you know, before you figure it out that, you know, I'm a junior, you know, I'm at the end of my junior year and I can't, I'm not, I can't do it. So now I have to start over. Um, and that was, you know, my, uh, I, I share in the piece that I had a, a computer science professor, um, who took a, an acquaintance of mine aside basically and said, this, you, this isn't for you. And th- at this point it was, uh, early junior year. So you'd already gone through all the pre-engineering stuff and, and so on. But he got to this point, and it's it's one of those classes that you have to basically, you have a project, the project has to work perfectly, and if so, you're going to get an A, and if it doesn't work perfectly, you have to take the class over, and it's only offered once a year. And so a lot of people change their major at that point, because uh, there's no guarantee you're going to you're gonna, uh, get it right the next time. Um, and, you know, so the, this professor, he didn't have to do that. I mean, he didn't get anything from it or for it. He was just, in a sense, graciously saying to these, like, hey, don't don't keep banging your head against the wall. This is not for you. This is not, you're not going to make it. So, you know, and I, I, I always sort of respected that. Like I said, nobody made him do that. Nobody asked him to do that. He wasn't doing it for his own, you know, he didn't get anything from it. He was doing it for the sake of the student that, hey, you probably need to think about some different sort of thing because not everybody's the same. And I, there's a certain sort of humility, certain sort of realism that kind of goes with the realization that, uh, you know what, maybe it's my parents' dream that I'd be a doctor, but I, I, I don't think I can make it. And that's okay. And I don't know that it's always okay in our culture to say, you know what, I don't think I can be a doctor. I don't think I have what it takes. I don't think I can be an engineer. And it's very outcome focused, like my value is in gaining this outcome, which I think Mm -hmm. all of that seems dehumanizing and uh, against the proposition that we're, you know, uniquely and wonderfully made and that we're all different and we should celebrate the differences and live in dependence. So that's a lot. I don't know what what your response to all of that is. Yeah, I think there, um, there is an unhealthy amount of shame that we often feel uh, with failure, but we probably even feel it more with long-term failure. So, you know, if you've told your family or your friends and you've told yourself, like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be an engineer, I'm going to be this for years and years to get to the point where you realize that's not a reality after you went and told everyone, like, that's what you're doing. Um, there's a, you know, there's a moment of vulnerability and humbling that that's can be really good for us if we take it in the right direction. But um, that's a really hard place to be, to, to own our limitations because 
I mean, I think we have two massive narratives that most of us in America grow up with. One, everyone's a leader. And two, you can be anything you want to be. Right. And both of those things, I think, fundamentally are untrue in a lot of ways. But if you, if we've been, if we've bought that and then we've sold it to ourselves that like, this is what I am and it's filling some kind of identity piece or worth piece or value piece, like we're getting some kind of self-identification from this vocation or this thing that we do. I mean, we can end up sideways really, really quickly. Um, and then we overextend. And um, I think the overextension and not realizing our limitations um, leads to a lot of mental and emotional unhealth that's that's mm-hmm. really tough to deal with. Yeah, and I think that I do think that exists in the church as well. I mean, we often have a faulty theology of creation, and I don't mean creationism. I mean, you know, this this idea that we're create we're we're, we're we are created beings uh, that we are contingent and finite and dependent that we're unique mm-hmm. because partly if I can't be a doctor and you can't be a doctor, we need people who can be a doctor and yeah. we need, you know, engineers who are, can do the math good enough. So the bridge doesn't fall in the river and everyone mm-hmm. can't be that. And I think that's okay. And in fact, that can, it can increase our gratitude. Uh, it can, you know, increase our, our sense of uh, community and need for one another. Uh, and this idea that you can be anything you want is, is, I think, false. But also it leads to this idea, this, you know, that we're an island, you know, that we're self-contained. And then if I'm somehow not what I want, then someone's to blame. You know, I've been robbed of some something. And, and I think all of that is, is false. Um, the fact is... Um, I don't know. I don't like biology well enough. Uh, partly it's all the memorization of what seemed like meaningless, you know, parts and such. Uh, and so I don't know if I could have been a doctor. I didn't have any, I mean, I don't know that I could, uh, and it's okay for me to say that. And I think, and I know that I was keenly aware, all of us engineering students were keenly aware of, you know, you had to get a 3.0, you had to get a B average minimum in all the pre-engineering courses, the math, the calculus, and all that stuff, just to get into the College of Engineering. And not everyone was going to do it. We were with people, we were with students, students, and they were like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And they said, so not all of them did. And that, you know, not everyone, it wasn't a sense, there wasn't a sense of injustice in that. There was a sense of this isn't for everybody, and let's find out sooner rather than later. Um, and I do think there's a, um, there's a, a sort of humanistic, uh, but dehumanizing sense that, you know, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. That's, that's in a, that's a phrase that we have sometimes heard. And we often hear it in, uh, you know, inner city urban areas to children who don't, you know, whose horizons are too narrow and they, you know, we're trying to expand their horizons out to a point of, yes, you can accomplish some of these things. Um, but of course, taking taken to its you know logical conclusion it's absurd that you know just because i can dream being an nba player or dream being a heart surgeon or dream being a you know not everyone can do that there's just a necessarily mm-hmm. limited number of like if we all dreamt to be a heart surgeon and all of us were heart surgeons that's bad under a number of fronts you know bridges would fall into the river and uh you know we'd all die of you know, gallbladder disease or what, I don't know. 
yeah. and so th- this idea that you can do anything you want is I can understand why that is said to to especially to children who have uh, who lack the you know the belief in themselves that they can achieve anything uh, mm-hmm. but you know you you can't be everything you want you can't be president of the United States there's only one of them at a time and there's only been I don't know 40 some in the whole history of the country like we all yeah. can't be president we all can't and that's okay uh not all of us should and that's okay and we need one another and i just think that's a much more humane uh viewpoint i believe uh than the sort of humanistic but dehumanizing we're all the same we're all blank slates and if you don't get to be yeah. a doctor and you wanted to be well then somebody robbed you of something uh and i just think that's yeah. false and worse right yeah yeah i think two things come to my mind right off the bat is one uh, I see a quote that is so popular that opportunity is unequal but talent is equally distributed so you just have to make the opportunity equal and then you're fine now I do think opportunity is more unequally distributed in the world than talent like when you look at the globe right yes but I think that can also be held with the truth that talent is also unequally distributed. Well, okay. Of to, course to, it is. To, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, like, okay, you were in math class in high school. Yeah. And you, yeah, looked was horrible. That, you looked at that dude over there and said, he's better at math than I am. I mean, yeah. it's not a matter of opportunity. You've all been in the same classes. Yes. He's just better. Yeah. And that's, of course he is. I mean, duh. Yeah. Everyone has that experience, and yeah. yet we want to. It's sort not of either or. Yes, it's both. It's both and. It's both true that we should do everything in our power to equal the opportunity, and it's also true that our talent and our skills and our wirings and our giftings are unequally yeah. distributed. Yeah, I think yeah. both those things can be true. Absolutely, they're both. They're both true, and. You know, I do think one of the largest drivers of inequality in our country is the inequality in public education, that that students have widely different experiences from yeah. kindergarten all the way through high school, and that shouldn't be the case. And I think that the remedy of that is, must be the improvement of schools in which performance is poor, uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that we can work on. Uh, and I, I'm not even saying that having some level of of help for students in these areas that, um, you know, when I was an engineering student, there were uh, certain students who their the requirement to get into the College of Engineering was, I think, a 2.5 uh, instead of a 3.0. But at some point, all of that has to be like you still have to be able to do the work of engineering, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to expand the opportunity. That's fine, but that still means that still doesn't mean everyone can do it. And at some point, yeah. you have to demonstrate that you can do it. And there were students that I knew that that responded to that expanded opportunity, did the work, their talent came forward, and they were very good. Uh, and there were some that didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I had the experience of, and I'm sure, uh, I don't know, I would gas Haley in the medical field. I had experience in engineering at. There's one or two people that I'm like, yeah, they probably shouldn't be an engineer. I mean, 
you know, and it could be they were just good at math and so they could do all the math, but they're not really good engineers. Um, you know, they somehow they got through, they didn't get weeded out and yet they're in the wrong field. And in my experience, they weren't happy. You know, they were, they had 40 years in front of them of a field they didn't really like. Uh, yeah. I think that's a problem. <laughs> I think the irony too is the accusation against this prof or, you know, uh, gatekeepers mm -hmm. in general is that it's promoting some kind of form of elitism, which prevents certain persons from entering that echelon. But really, where the elitism is being communicated um, is in the person who doesn't have that wiring or skill set or talent feeling like um, to not be allowed to enter into that is to be less than mm -hmm. like it's a it's a, it's a problem of deep identity yeah. of reductionistic thinking of like how much I make and what I do and the title I have is who I am. And if I cannot be that, then I am less than because this is the elite group that I want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I mean, really it's, you know, I do, therefore I am. And I think from the Christian worldview, from the gospel perspective, uh, we have to say, no, you're, you're more than just the task that you do. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that's key. Yeah. And then also to say, um, you can do a wide variety of tasks to the glory of God and be a gift to other people. You don't have this one singular track that you have to do. Mm -hmm. But those are uh, pretty unpopular ideas <laughs> at large. Yeah, and I, and I think in the piece I talk about uh, outcome versus process, that um, you know we define ourselves by this sort of outcome, that I made it to be this or I made it to be that. Uh, and I achieved that and that's the outcome. Uh, but, and I do think that some of these students at NYU who are in this organic chemistry class had this outcome in mind. I have to have this outcome and they weren't even working the process. Uh, instead of just working the process and letting the outcome be the outcome because life is in the process. Uh, and I, I do like we, I had the advantage, uh, as a aspiring engineer to leave the outcome to the people who would decide such things. And I'll just do the process. I'll just study and do the work. And if it's good enough, it's good enough. And it's not, I, I guess I'd rather find out sooner. I mean, it'd be a bummer, but let's find out earlier rather than later. And uh, I do think there's a sense in which, you know, life isn't in some outcome that you've achieved and that's now who you are. You still have your whole the whole rest of your life to live. And, mm -hmm. you know, the everyday process of life is where life is. And I do think there's a, I don't know, credentialism is a word that sometimes, you know, gets, gets used in the sense that you just have to gain this credential past this yeah. heat, you know, whatever, and then you can buy the big house and whatever. But that's not what life is. And it's gracious and true to say that's not what life is. And you have to figure out what you, you know, what, as a believer, what did God design me to do and who did God yeah. design me to be and how do I glorify God in that? And that is going to be better in some ways than somebody else who has a higher, uh, higher valued outcome, but isn't glorifying God. And I do think there's like, 
in the church, we, we also can fall prey to this misvaluing and this honoring of outcome over this process. And uh, I do think that's just a faulty understanding of who we are. Yeah. And even something that maybe I want to put my finger on that's deeply sad is that, you know, if you were wired and designed and gifted and given the opportunity to be like a world-class pastry chef for the glory of God, but because of some cultural assumption or self-identity crisis, you choose to, you know, be an aerospace, mm-hmm. you know, engineer. Um, okay, well, maybe you make it through the program and maybe you do it and you don't love it, but you just do it. But um, you're all you're giving up something like you're giving up the world class pastry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like yeah. we each have something incredibly unique to our story and our wiring that we can offer the church and other people in the world and to settle for something that's not in alignment with that um, in some kind of mediocre or half-hearted or begrudging way is to almost rob yourself of this incredibly beautiful thing that you could offer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think, you know, if you wanted to look at the parable of the talents, you know, we've all been given different set of talents as it? it's our job to maximize that for the sake of the kingdom. And so this, there's that, it kind of brings to this last, this, it's for the sake of the kingdom that I think often trips us up because I think this is so ingrained in our culture that you have this journey to be on you. It's your journey. It's your dream. It's your life. You know, what do you want to do? And instead of, you know, what am I, what am I, and obviously those questions are not irrelevant, but they, they correspond and overlap with who did God designed me to be, you know, how, how can I glorify him in, in this world, in the kingdom? How can I contribute to the kingdom? All of those things need to overlap that. Otherwise it becomes this self-contained journey. That's going to be ultimately unfulfilling because we're made for something else. Even if you, even if you achieve it, and I do think that that applies to all of us because it goes beyond vocation. Uh, and, you know, if we have an idea of something that this is how I'll glorify God, you know, I, I don't know if you had this experience. I had this, I say it in the piece, I had this experience in seminary and I could have been wrong and who am I, you know? But I mean, I'd, I would look at some of these fellow seminarians and think, yeah, I don't think they should be pastors. Or I'm not sure they should be counselors. They don't seem really emotionally healthy or spiritually mature to me. And again, maybe I'm wrong about that. And and they're, they often probably had the best intentions. But I would hope that some professor taps them on the shoulder and said, hey, let's talk about this. Because there's maybe, because if, 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 if I was right about that, let's say, that there's another path for them to contribute to the kingdom that they're foregoing uh, in in place of what they think, because not everyone can be a should be a pastor. Not everyone should be a counselor. Probably not everyone should be a missionary. We're all wired differently, and you know, it, the classic case of some high schooler who had his life turned around in youth group. I want to be a youth pastor, or somebody who goes to counseling and has a lot of breakthroughs. I want to help people do that. That's mm-hmm. great, you know. Or somebody who's got a gift of speech and they hear a great sermon. I want to do that. But that doesn't mean you're going to be good at it or that's how God wired you. And so that's, am I making sense here? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest gifts to me at seminary was not just training, but actually like the affirmation of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, and that's a three and a half year journey. And the thing that I'm actually doing at the end is actually radically different than my visions of grandeur that I came Mm -hmm. in with. Like those had to be transformed and changed too. I mean, I remember in one of my homiletics labs, I bombed a sermon Mm -hmm. and it was clear that I might've had a little public speaking knack, but not much. And I got like a C minus or like a D plus on that. And it was like one of the best things that ever Mm. happened to me. And now, you know, vocationally I'm preaching 30 to 40 times a year. Um, but there was no uh, false sense of. Yeah. You're talented enough just to wing it. You can just roll on out here and it's, you know, you've got such a gift like, Nope, that's not true. And that's really not true for almost everyone. Yeah. And it's gracious to find that out. Mm -hmm. Actually. It is. It's, it's actually limitations. I, I think there's a lot of Ted talks and works and books on this. I think we're just in some sphere starting to realize that limitations are actually an incredible gift. Yeah, I mean, and I think in in one aspect of that is that they're the truth. And so when you try to live outside reality, you're going to have a problem that, in fact, you are limited. In fact, you can't do everything. In fact, you know, something, this thing over here, you're going to have to work on because you're not naturally good at it. Uh, And this over, this thing over here that you're naturally good at, you're going to have to shape. And all of that is the truth that we are contingent, limited beings. Hopefully all of that builds humility gratitude, perspective, respect for others. Uh, uh, Hopefully I can get to a point where I can respect your gifts and appreciate your gifts without having that be a commentary on my gifts or lack of gifts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like I'm in awe of what Haley can do in a hospital setting. And I get to celebrate the way in which she does those things knowing full well that I would make a complete mess of it. I, I wouldn't even be able to pass the beginner classes that she took. And so I do think if we're a forearm of the body of Christ, we start to get to celebrate and appreciate the wrist or yeah. the elbow or the knee way more when we realize like that's wasn't what we were made to do, but they were. And mm-hmm. we get to be grateful for that. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think the thing that I, I hope to leave it on. I, I, I do, th- I, I do say in the piece that I, you know, I run the risk of being Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino and being the grumpy old man. Yeah. Uh, there is some, I think there's some truth to that, but I do think there's, it's much more of a, my fear is that this approach, this sort of no gatekeeper, everyone is the same approach is less gracious, less uh, humane, uh, more dehumanizing. And, you know, ultimately it's false. So people will, you know, people will, Uh, be disappointed at some point these organic chem students who make it through the class because they petitioned that doesn't mean they're going to be there doesn't mean they're going to make it as doctors it doesn't mean they're going to be good at doc as as doctors and you know at some point that's okay if that's not who they are Uh, and that is a i think we honor god when we appreciate the gifts that he has given us and appreciate the responsibility of exercising those gifts and talents and appreciate that he's given other people different set of gifts and talents. And so we can live in community 
Uh, and I think it's dishonoring to him and dehumanizing when we kind of have this approach uh, that we're all the same, we're all blank slates, and we just need different, you know, different environments. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, yeah. I think I think that's true in the church too. Obviously, we honor it's you know the we're back to the you know the body. We honor different gifts in different ways, and we honor public gifts more than uh, we shouldn't, but we often do. Um, yeah. And that, uh, you know, some people should be uh, have public gifts. Some sh- should be teachers. Some should be small group leaders. Shouldn't some should be church leaders. Some should work with children, some should work with youth, but not everyone can do all those things because God didn't make us all that way. And praise God, you know, praise God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my that's my closing uh, encouragement. Uh, it's sort of a, a, a roundabout way to have an apologetic for the body of Christ and the uniqueness of the body and appreciation yeah. for each other and for what God has planned for us uh, in his body and in his world. Uh, so I'll leave it there. Uh, thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we'll, until until next time, uh, if you uh, haven't read the piece, go to the embassy.substack.com and uh, you'll find it there's the blessing of limits. Uh, until next time, grace and peace. You've been listening to On Culture, a podcast of the Embassy Newsletter. Have a question? Send it to theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.